Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride with Chris Harris Jr. and Patrick Coyote. I am blessed to be joined by my amazing co-host, Chris Harris Jr., former Denver Broncos cornerback, Super Bowl 50 champion, all-decade corner. Chris, how you doing? Happy Thursday, my man. Doing good, man. I know we got a lot of news, man, so I'm excited about today's show. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, another jam-packed show. Broncos camp fully underway. Today was a uh, media-free practice, so no fans, no media allowed at practice, but we still got some good tidbits. Uh, More unfortunate news, though, for the Broncos as linebacker Jonas Griffith tore his ACL in practice a couple days ago uh, to replace Jonas. They signed uh, undrafted free agent Austin Ajike from UNLV. Uh, you know, not a veteran, just a young guy coming in, trying to compete, earn his spot. I'm sure you know a lot about that. Um, but Chris, this is another devastating injury uh, for the Broncos defense and for special teams. Jonas Griffith missed last year with an injury. I know he was really excited to come back. He was a guy that a lot of people were kind of looking forward to seeing because he shined a lot uh, it, when Josie Jewell went out. So I I, I want to know from you, you know, what's your gut reaction, your first reaction hearing this news about Jonas Griffith? Um, definitely going to need some younger guys to step up uh, in, the, in the special teams because – I didn't see him having too much bigger bigger role on the starting defense or nickel. Yeah. Um, uh, but I, I I figured that he would probably make the team because he's a solid backup. He's gonna give you high effort, and you know he's gonna be able to produce on special teams. So uh we just need a guy that's gonna be able to come up and do that. Hopefully Drew Sanders can a guy that can pick up a lot of the slack. Um now now you um uh, you might want to look at uh, a free agent outside, you know. Uh, I like when you brought up some names. I like Miles Jack. Yeah. I think he's a guy that he's been very talented in the in the past. So I wouldn't. It wouldn't hurt to take a look at him and see what he can do on the outside. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's a guy that's going to be you know low risk, high reward potential player, and a guy that you can rotate in. You don't have to rely on him to start a bunch of games. Uh, and it's also a guy that has some veteran presence as you bring along Drew Sanders. And you mentioned Drew Sanders. Now this is another opportunity for him to kind of get that that inside linebacker role. We've talked in the past about him kind of being that Micah Parsons type of guy, right? He's an incredible athlete, really good side to side, but he started as an edge rusher. And that was kind of that, right. that area that we saw him being in is maybe he's a guy that can rotate in to that edge rush uh, category. But now with Griffith out and the depth behind Jewel and Singleton being thin now, this is going to be an opportunity for Sanders to step in and be that uh, third linebacker that really rotates in on the inside, which I think is great. I think that's fantastic. Get, get him that experience in the inside. Maybe you still use him. I'm sure Vance will figure out a way to, to bring him off the edge or, or even bring him up the middle to, uh, yeah. to blow up the a gap. But yeah, you mentioned miles Jack. I think that'd be an awesome, uh, awesome vet. There's some other vets out there as well. You know, Zach Cunningham was a guy, that did some good in Tennessee. Rashawn Evans is another guy. Uh, Kyle Van Oy, I feel like he's kind of transitioned to that outside linebacker edge yeah. role rather than the inside. But yeah, man, Miles Jack, 
probably uh probably the best vet addition that, uh, mm-hmm. that that would be for the Broncos defense. Other injuries uh, coming out, uh, of course, Tim Patrick out for the season. Now Jonas Griffith out for the season. Riley Moss, the the Broncos rookie cornerback, he had core surgery uh, to repair an issue, mm-hmm. kind of like a sports hernia type deal. Sean Payton said he is going to be out for four weeks. And Chris, this is kind of a, a, a small piece of a bigger problem that we've seen in Denver these last couple of years is the injuries that have piled yeah. up, the significant, unique injuries that have piled up. You know, last year it was all of the people blaming strength and conditioning coach Lauren Landau for the injury woes since I think it was 2018 when he was hired by the team. But now we just started camp and we've had a couple of significant injuries. Do you think that, you know, is the strength and conditioning really the blame or, or is it more of, you know, what these guys are doing in the training room that's kind of causing yeah. these injuries? Oh, man, I think it's just football. It's just part of the game. And um, I think uh, what the younger guys probably don't know there is that I, I would always show up to Denver uh, five days uh, to a week, you know, ahead mm-hmm. because your body has to get acclimated to the new environment, you know, being in the altitude. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a big difference from being in Texas and training. Yeah. And then you got to get adapt your body you know, get it used to it, and then you start training camp, right? I don't think a lot of guys do that. They probably, you know, knowing these young guys, they probably, you know, pop up two days or a day before camp, you yeah. know? And uh, in Denver, you just can't do that, right? So um, it's a particular way in which you have to get your body prepared. And uh, I can't – it's hard to put the blame on strength coaches or the trainer. Uh, I thought Lando was great, you know. I thought he was one of the best – strength coaches that I've had in the league, you know, um, uh, the, the, the way that he was able to, um, perf- uh, you know, perfect the way we were running. He taught us different running techniques, um, yeah. different, uh, you know, he was very, he's a technician, mm-hmm. right. Um, different ways to keep our, we did all injury prevention things with land out, yeah. you know, we did those things. It just happened. You know, things just happened. Uh, Greek and them are one of the top, um, you know, when it comes, uh, one of the top, trainers in the league you yeah. know when it comes to experience and and all those guys in there so and we have a lot of the best things that you can have you know playing in denver uh is you're gonna have some of the best equipment um around the league you know yeah. a lot of teams don't even have the things that denver has so they uh they're providing everything for the players to stay healthy you know the guys just uh just injuries just continue to happen yeah it, injuries are part of the game it, it's 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 yeah. football. It's a physical game. It's it's physically demanding, and things are going to happen. Freak injuries are going to happen as well. You know, one wrong, one wrong step on a route, and you could yeah. tear your meniscus. You could tear your ACL. You could, you know, dislocate your kneecap. It, just planting yeah. wrong. So, you know, it, it's it's easy for fans to say, like last year, oh, Landau is doing this, or or Landau is mm-hmm. doing that, or the training staff isn't doing what they're supposed to do with all these soft tissue injuries. And we saw a lot of that in the Vic Fangio era, where it was like so much overworking guys aren't coming prepared. That's going to lead to injuries. And, and you make a great point. Guys need to better prepare themselves for these types of elements. Altitude is a, it's, it's written on the wall. It's written on the wall in the stadium. 
I mean, altitude adjustment yeah. is real. The, the altitude sickness is real. It's written right outside of the visitor's locker room. Um, yeah. And you have to be prepared for it. So uh, great insight there from you, Chris. And now I want to get into um, I want to get into something else before we get into our camp notes today. Sean Payton mm -hmm. said that running back Javante Williams, who is coming back from that devastating knee injury a year ago, he is going to play him in the preseason. Probably not in the in the first game. More likely in the second game. What do you think about that? Is this a is this a good sign for? Javante Williams yeah. and, and the Broncos offense that he's going to get some reps in the preseason. Oh yeah. That's a great sign. That means he's uh, having a great camp. He's feeling good. His knees feeling good. And um, I would say the third game would probably be good for him. Yeah. You know, uh, well, well, do they still have four it's games three. or is it just three, three games? games. Yeah. So I would probably say the second game. Yeah. Try to get him in the second game. Yeah. Get him about five to 10 touches, you know, let him get hit again. Let him see the feeling of getting tackled. Yeah. So he's not um, just, you know, um, first time getting tackled is live uh, week one, you know. <laughs> so let's let's let him get hit a little bit. Let's let him get him feel that little contact, get in the pile a little bit so he can have some confidence going into the season. I think that will be good for him. Yeah, they, this is a dude that cannot wait to come back and play football. Uh, I mean, yesterday he was held out uh, of – of camp because they were given guys who suffered serious knee injuries the day off. Uh, I think Frank Clark was one of those guys that was involved. Um, you know, he got, he got a rest day and Javante, he took his rest day, but he was standing on the sidelines in his helmet, in his pads, ready to go. He was, he's just ready. And, and I can't wait to see what he can do. Uh, this is a guy who just really wants to get back to playing football. He, he's a really hard worker. Let's hope that he has an Adrian Peterson 2012 type of season. That's what I want to see. You know, come back. Obviously, that's going to be tough. That's a really high pedestal. But considering, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that's fine. He's just going to rush for 2,000 yards. No big deal. No, but, Compete for comeback player of the year. There yeah, exactly. Like, there, there you go. go. You're going you're gonna to have to compete for that. But the fact that he's coming off of such a serious knee injury and he's ready to come back at a position where that's like – you're taking the biggest toll on your body. I, I'm so excited to see what this dude can do. So let's get into some more camp notes here, Chris. Um, Sean Payton said that despite the interceptions that we've seen from Russell Wilson, he is doing fine as far as the offense is concerned. Now, noted, Russ is throwing at Justin Simmons, who was – the, the third best safety in the league, according to ESPN and Pat Sertan, the best corner in the league, according to ESPN. Do you think that, that like these camp interceptions, what do you think of these? Is this something that the fans should be worried about? Or is this something that is like, he's going up against a good defense. Of course, there's going to be picks. I don't think you should be worried about practice. You know, Peyton threw picks in practice, you know, it was, you know, it happened. So, and a lot of times you're trying new things and um, you're working out new plays and trying to get on the right timing with guys. And um, you might miss, all, you might miss throw, you know, exactly. it's practice. It can happen. And uh, you're going to throw picks in the seat. Russ is going to throw interceptions. Okay. He's going to yeah. throw 15 to 10 interceptions. Uh, that's just how the NFL goes. You know, that's just the life of the NFL now. So 
we are, the game's so open now that you're going to throw picks. These DBs are good. These safeties are good. It's going to happen. So I'm not worried about it uh, too much. Um, the thing is, I don't want the interceptions in the red zone. Yeah. Right. We want to finish the we want to finish the red zone. Um that's that's a place where we've struggled. Um I we definitely struggled in the red zone last year. Yeah. So that's something that uh we need to see improvement there. Uh we can't have the inter- those those are the interceptions that just kill the team. Yeah. You know, and it's hard for us to bounce back from those. So um red zone, no interceptions. I'm okay with those deep interceptions that I've been seeing on the internet that has been getting picked off. Yeah. I'm okay with those because those are like punts, but we cannot have, you know, those red zone interceptions. No, that, and that's, that's the worst. It's an absolute game killer. Uh, it's a morale killer, yeah. you know, but Sean Payton has been doing a really good job of emphasizing those situational football scenarios where, you know, third down he, I mean, I can't, I can't even count mm-hmm. how many times I've heard him say, yeah, we, we worked on third down today or we worked on red zone today and they've been putting a lot of emphasis on the run game in the red zone, which is awesome because this is going to be a whole new uh, run scheme from what we've seen the last three, four years. So really excited to see that. Uh, And yeah, I'm not worried at all either. It's practice. That's when these interceptions and, and these bad throws are supposed to happen but can you fix it going forward? And they watch film every day after practice and they work on things, fine tune everything in practice, make your mistakes. But when it comes to the game and when it comes to to playing against an actual opponent in a regular season game, you have to be able to fix those mistakes and execute going forward. So Russ is doing fine. Justin Simmons is balling out, but Chris Caden Stearns, has been taking first team reps alongside Justin Simmons. This is a great sign for the safety room. Kareem Jackson admittedly having to take a step back saying, I'm not in it for the payday. I'm in it for the love of the game. But sometimes you get put in these situations where it's really hard. And he's just been having to kind of watch from the side and and teach. Do you think that Kareem Jackson you know, not taking these first team reps that we've seen with Justin Simmons these last few years. Do you think that this is going to be beneficial for this season for guys like Caden Stearns and JL Skinner and PJ Locke? Man, I think this is definitely good news for Caden. You know, we, this is what we expected. We thought you were going to be the uh, starting safety. You know, this is your third season. Um, you've, you've been productive, you yeah. know, from the little spurts, little playing time that you've had. So, um, I'm, I'm excited to see this kid continue to step in that role. That's what we expected. Yeah. So, uh, when you have a guy like Kareem Jackson, uh, I wouldn't pay, I wouldn't take it, be too serious about training camp anyways, if I'm yeah. Kareem, you know, I, you just want to get in shape, make sure that you're ready to go. And once the lights come on, the season comes on, I'm pretty sure he's going to be out there on the field. So. Um, you got to play three safeties in this league yeah. and every team does it. So uh, as long as Kareem's in that top three safeties, he, he should be solid. And uh, so I expect all those guys to play, but we, we kind of, we thought Caden with his talent, with, with his production that we've seen in glimpses yeah. uh, that he'd be taking on that starting role by now. So I'm excited to see him continue to push uh, for that starting spot. Yeah. He's definitely balling out in camp. He's had some, eye-opening interceptions as well and more secondary news the broncos did sign veteran cornerback fabian moreau 
And Chris, this was a move after the Tim Patrick injury. This was a move that pretty much coincides with the Riley Moss injury as well. They need more depth in the secondary with Riley Moss out for the next four weeks. This is going to be a good look at a veteran guy who's had some starts in this league, 45 starts uh, over his career. And last year played with, uh, played with the giants. He had, uh, he had 11 starts, 10 pass breakups, no picks in 2022. Uh, and he allowed 48 catches on 81 targets and five touchdowns last year. I think that this is more of a, we're going to bring in a vet guy. We're going to see what he can do. Give us some depth for a little bit and then kind of evaluate at the, the start of the season. And maybe he makes the 53, maybe he doesn't, uh, that will, that will be seen, but cornerback K1 Williams, the slot corner for the Denver Broncos, Kareem Jackson said, this guy is the unsung hero of the secondary. And Chris, I got to hand it to you, man. Yeah. You've been talking about K1 Williams uh, the last three, four episodes of this show. You've been yeah. saying how, how good he is and, and how well he fits into this defensive scheme. And, and man, you are absolutely spot on. Do you think that if K1 can stay healthy and they have this consistent rotation of cornerbacks, do you think that this Broncos secondary could be possibly a top three unit in the NFL? Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely. That should be the goal is to be a top five secondary in the league uh, with the guys they have. And Kawan's just always been a solid nickel. You know, I've always watched his, you know, I think he, I can't remember how much younger he is to me, but when he came in, he's always been a solid young player, you know. I'm pretty sure he watched a lot of my game and I've definitely watched him. But um, he was, um, he's always been solid, a guy that you can count on. You know, he was a guy you can count on with the 49ers. He was an unsung hero over there. You know, he might not make a lot of splash plays. He just doesn't mess up a lot. You know, he just does his job. You know, well, you might ask. not hear from him too much. He just does his job. So he's in the right place and a um, great communicator on the field. So um, he's, he's, he's a crucial piece to the defense, you know. Um, so uh, especially with their role with Coach uh, Joseph and what he does in his system. So uh, he, he's uh, you expect him to be a key guy for this defense. And in the secondary, um, he kind of completes the defense. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think that. He's he brings that veteran leadership as well, but he's so talented at what he does in the slot and, and he's so instinctual. It's fun to watch him play along alongside guys like Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson and, and now Pat Sertan. And he's definitely going to coach up guys like yeah. Riley Moss and and like Damari Mathis. So uh, definitely good to have him on our side. And last thing yeah. here from Camp Chris. The wide receivers, there's been a lot of talk, you know, after Tim Patrick went down, what are they going to do? Let's hit the panic button. Not so fast, my friends. Cortland Sutton is looking like wide receiver one. He has been going at Pat Sertan. They have been going, they have been having big head-to-head battles in camp. Court's been catch, you know, making one-handed catches on the sideline and toe tapping and, you know, making big plays left and right. But the Broncos also have a guy that, has flown under the radar and kudos to Benjamin Albright and Zach Seegers for pointing this out. Taylor Grimes is a guy to watch for undrafted free agent from incarnate word. And if you're not familiar with incarnate word, that's where 
Washington State quarterback Cam Ward played and balled out. Go watch mm-hmm. that film if you want to watch some good football. But Chris, Taylor Grimes, he's 5'10", 190, uh, 170 catches, 2,366 yards, and 30 touchdowns in his last two seasons at Incarnate Word. Some of the notes that they had, sure hands, crisp routes, uh, sudden quickness. Do you think that this is a guy who could really threaten the bottom of that wide receiver room? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think it's it's wide open. You yeah. know, it's wide open. Uh, you got your kind of your four sealed in, and you might keep uh, six six guys to seven. You never know with Coach Sean Payton, how he does it. But um, it's wide open for these guys to get a chance to show what they can do. Of course, they got to make a big impact on special teams. Yeah. Right? We want, Of course, we want these guys to go out there and – Ball out on offense, get open and make catches, of course. But of course. it doesn't matter if you can't do any, if you can't produce on special teams, they'll they'll send you packing. Amen. So um, it's it's going to be interesting to see who's going to be because I've seen good things from uh, Washington too. Yeah, you know he's yeah. been make, he's been consistent, he's been making plays um, from from what I've been seeing. So it's going to be a good battle. It's going to be a, a good battle. But the real battle is who's going to be producing on that special teams to be able yeah. to solidify their role on the team. Uh, because we we suspect we want Juju to get 100 catches. We want Cortland, yeah. you know, to get around 80, you know, 80 to 100 too. So yeah. uh, we expect the guys, those guys to be our leaders in that room. And we're going to need some younger guys that can come in and fill in and be able to be impact players on special teams. Yeah, and you mentioned Montrell Washington. He has been making plays all over the field. Both he and Grimes have been in that punt return, uh, the punt return line uh, during the special teams, uh, special teams, time during practice so that is great to see but man Montreal has been tearing it up and I really hope that this translates over into preseason and then into the regular season because if they are able to utilize his speed and his agility and his quickness that's going to be huge for the offense and for special teams I feel like he was just so timid last year like Mm -hmm. first year in the league and you're coming from a small school you know you've got this pressure of being a, a a draft pick not you know an undrafted free agent but Mm -hmm. you were a draft pick this is an investment and he just seemed so timid returning the ball like there were times where i felt he questioned himself in some of his returns so hopefully we see aggressiveness from montrell washington uh this upcoming season that's going to do it for our camp notes and now chris it's time for my favorite favorite segment of this show i really hope that we get an intro for this segment soon because that'd be awesome um it yes, is sir. gotta go find some clips <laughs> i know we gotta find some mic'd up clips or something just something yeah. that we can play before this because it's the best segment of the show and it needs yeah. its own its own identity so this is the no fly zone segment and if this is your first time listening to yeah. the show this is where we get to ask chris some personal questions about his time playing in the nfl and his time playing with the Denver Broncos. So Chris, this is a question that we might have already asked this one before, but still great to hear these stories all the time. What is your favorite Broncos game of your career with Denver outside of Super Bowl 50? Oh man, we had a lot of big games. I would say uh one of the funnest games was when we were down, I think in San Diego. Yeah. Was that yep. Monday night? Yep. I think we were down 21 points. Yep. Uh, 21 or 28 yeah. something like that yeah 
Man, I had like four pass breakups, two picks, one to touchdown. Pick six. Man, so I went off that game. So that was a, a fun game. And then Peyton and them seeing him work his magic yeah. prime time and in San Diego. It wasn't nothing like it, you know. Yeah. So that was a big rival game um, going against. I think they had uh, Malcolm Floyd. Yep. Uh, <laughs> they Robert Meach Gates. Eddie Royal. Yep. Um, Rivers, you know, his whole squad. Uh, I forgot the running back. I forgot his name. His LT wasn't there. I don't. No, nah, they had a they had a dude named Tolbert. Yeah, Mike Tolbert. Um, oh, that guy. They had another. They had another drafted running back that they had. Uh, um, man, I forgot. His Ryan. Name. Oh man. What was yeah, it? I think it starts with a Ryan. With a Ryan, I think it starts. Yeah. But they had a good. That was a crazy game, man. And uh, it was a big game. That was kind of like one of my coming out parties. Yeah, that was a that was a huge game. I'm trying to look back and see, you know, when that game was because I think it was 20. I think it was 2014. Was it 2014? It was my oh. second year in the league. Let's see. We're looking here. Uh, it was. Because it was out there with Champ. It was me and Champ at corner. Yeah. Yeah. That was. Uh, oh, man. We'll, we'll have to we'll have to come back to this uh, in a different episode because that game. <laughs> we might just have to talk about that game on its own. Yeah. Maybe we can, maybe we can bring Tony Car- uh, Tony Carter on and he can talk about his interception in that game, too, because that was yeah. a big one. Um, but man, it, what a great game. I remember watching that game. I was in college and I was at I was at U of O and and I just remember, you know, watching that game and a buddy of mine was a huge chargers fan and he was texting me all throughout the game just laughing at me laughing at me laughing at me and then shit just started to turn around it started to turn around and i was like okay maybe something's going on here peyton starts going off and uh i remember decker like bowling bowling over like three people to get into the end zone yeah. and um Brandon Stokely. Stokely made a hell of a yeah, catch, man. Hell of a catch, catch in the end zone. A stupid <laughs> catch. Like, it should not have made it. Yeah. Uh, and then you get the pick six. Tony Carter gets that huge interception. Just massive game. Uh, I think Vaughn had a big strip sack on Phillip Rivers in that game, too. Um, so, it just crazy game. Probably one of the funnest games for yeah. Broncos fans to go, go back and reminisce on. I'm going to do it for this episode of Let's Ride. Chris, thank you so much. I appreciate all your insight. Make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. Make sure that you follow us on Twitter at Chris Harris Jr., at Patrick Chiodi, at Believe Network, and Broncos Country. Until next time, let's ride. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.